DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Archdiocese of Omaha, presents Is Jesus Calling You? A Spiritual Guide for Discerning Your Vocational Call with Father Paul Hazing. Father Hazing is a priest of the Archdiocese of Omaha. He has served as a Director of Catholic Campus Ministry, a Director of the Office of Vocations, and has been a trusted spiritual director for the Institute for Priestly Formation. Father Hazing currently serves as the Dean of Seminarians and Director of Human Formation for Kenrick Glennon Seminary in St. Louis, Missouri. Is Jesus Calling You? A Spiritual Guide to Discerning Your Vocational Call with Father Paul Hazing. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We gather right now to explore our calling from God to vocations, vocation in primarily in this case to the priesthood. But this really is a, a, a wonderful reflection for all vocations, isn't it? It is. This is a opportunity for us to follow a, um, a booklet that has been released recently. It's been printed by the uh, the folks up there in North Dakota, primarily, they they funded it and helped it. But it was written by a man named Father Tom Richter, a vocation director. And in this booklet, he condenses a way of prayer, a way of journeying with Christ, and doing so in such a way that allows a person to discern. And in discerning, to distinguish what is the voice of God, and what is not the voice of God. And that's the meaning of discernment, to distinguish. The booklet is titled, Is Jesus Calling You to Be a Catholic Priest? And then underneath the subtitle, A Helpful Guide. Yeah. And that's what it is, precisely. It's not a um, uh, what it takes to be a priest. It's not a what you need to be a priest. And in fact, I've seen students take this booklet on and, and in fact recommended it to students uh, to simply insert something else in that title if they if they so wish, if they're discerning whether or not they're called to be a, a focused missionary or whether or not they're called to be married to this person, uh, whether or not they're called to religious life. Is Jesus Christ calling you to be a religious is Jesus Christ calling you to be married to this person? Is Jesus Christ calling you to be a focused missionary? Or what have you in their life-changing decisions in college or high school? It's really aimed at those who are later in high school and through those college years, uh, even beyond into the, some of the 20s and 30s. And, and so it really allows a person to discern with this helpful guide. Discernment is so much more than decision-making. We have to make decisions about what school I'm going to go to or if I'm going to take this job or that job. But discernment is beyond the normal decision-making process, isn't it? It is. Uh, discernment primarily is about a listening. And in that listening, to be attentive to and aware of those thoughts and feelings and desires that are always stirring in the human heart. And in paying attention to these thoughts and feelings and desires to begin to understand what they mean and how they affect us. And so there's an effective movement always at work in us. And that effective movement can be uh, a consoling one. We can be in consolation or we can be in a desolation. 
this is life. We're in consolation or desolation. And, and when we start to be attentive to these movements of consolation and desolation, we start to go deeper in our listening to thoughts, feelings, and desires that give rise to these uh, moments of consolation and desolation. And then as we become aware and understand these thoughts and feelings and desires, it's, it's time to take some action. And that action will usually revolve around rejecting things that are not of God, be it sinful ways, be it sinful desires, be it uh, sinful actions or habits or, uh, or lies, to reject lies that are at work in the heart, or to receive. And so the action of rejecting or receiving uh, should lead us then to uh, the next step. There's a, there's a sense in which folks will think, okay, I'm discerning, I'm going to make a decision for the rest of my life, and it's going to be clear, it's going to be laid out in front of me. But really, the Lord gives us enough light to take the next step, to receive from Him and take the next step. He gives us just enough light to do that. This is His, this is his way of leading us and allowing our heart to grow in those measures that He has given and so it's not a, a leap of faith, it's a walking in faith with Him, in companionship. Discernment is walking with Him. And so that final section of the catechism I often describe, you know, they, they have those wonderful C words they use for the other parts of the catechism, creed and cult and code, the moral code. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the last section on prayer is really about companionship with Him. Mm-hmm. And if you want to stay with that, discernment is about walking with him. And you can see a wonderful image given in that road to Emmaus, where the two disciples walk along and not recognizing him, but he asked him questions. And they begin to tell him their story. And as they tell their story, he listens, asks further questions, they tell more, and then he responds to them, and then they receive from him. And as they receive from him, they are moved to action. Their hearts burn within them, and they go back to Jerusalem and tell the apostles what they've seen. And this is sort of the model for prayer, that road to Emmaus, walking with him, becoming aware of his presence, and relating to him everything, receiving from him what he gives, enlightening us in faith, and in the sacraments especially, And so as you read this booklet, you'll find that uh, it's always putting you back into the sacraments of confession and Eucharist, regular confession, daily Eucharist, daily encounters with him in the sacraments. And then a person will find their heart steadily burning within them as they did after they finished that road to Emmaus. And they wanted to stay with him, remain with us, Lord. Mm -hmm. And the Lord is recognized fully, and then they're moved to action. They respond in faith. And so this is the the way of prayer that's being introduced here in a broad sense of the term. When you're called by the Lord, especially to a vocation such as the priesthood, it really is being called into a great mystery. And you can see, even when you read Scripture, the struggle it is for those who, having even encountered Christ physically, being able to see, actually see him and touch him, how they struggle with what is it he's asking me to do? And you see that so clearly in St. Peter. 
step by step, more is revealed, mm-hmm. and they have to sit and ponder and, and discern what it is, what is it you're calling me to. 2,000 years later, being called in that mystery and that struggle to understand is even more prevalent. And today, it can be harder for the young man or the young woman being called to the religious life to even comprehend in their in their minds as well as in their hearts what's happening here what do you want of me our lord will always be leading us into the truth the way the truth and the life and as he does that he steadily reveals ourselves to ourselves he shows us who we are and in doing that he's bringing us into reality that is really something that we are so good at avoiding we're masters at self-deception. And you mentioned Peter. Peter, he's, he's a man who has many strong desires and strong feelings, and he's a worker, and he's ready and willing. And the Lord saw in this man, evidently, a, a heart that was ready to serve. But Peter didn't know who he was. He didn't know his, his weaknesses. So often he'll have, as you see in the Gospels, he'll say something that flesh and blood could not reveal. But faith revealed it to him. And then he'll turn around and tell Jesus not to go to the cross, which is the voice of Satan. Peter didn't know how he was being worked on by Satan. And Jesus will pray that he might be delivered from that on the night before he dies. He specifically prays for Peter that he might be delivered from that sifting. And Peter, in that marvelous occasion, after he promises with all of his might and all of his loyalty that he'll never uh, leave Jesus or deny him, and he does so. He He's given a revelation of who he is. He's a weak man. He's not so strong. And in that weakness, he he finds Christ coming back to him on the shores of Galilee and saying, Peter, do you love me? And Peter is given the chance to respond. And the first time Jesus asked, Peter, do you love me? Do you Agape me, are you ready to lay down your life for me? And Peter says, yes, I I do love you. And Jesus tells him, feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me again? Do you agape me? Are you ready to lay down your life for me? You see, he uses, he's going to use a different word for love in the end here. And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Tend my sheep, which is a little more difficult job. And then finally, Peter, do you follow me? Are you my friend? And at this point, Jesus is putting his finger on the the reality that Peter is just learning how to love. And now Peter recognizes that Jesus knows exactly where he's at. And in knowing where he's at, he gives him the most difficult job, feed my sheep, which is more difficult than feeding lambs or just watching sheep, but feed my sheep. And that's going to happen through suffering. And he goes on to describe Peter's suffering. One day you'll lay down your life. One day you'll stretch out your arms. And... Others will lead you. And so Peter's being led by love, love itself, Jesus. Led by love to see who he is truly and not be afraid of that weakness. For in that weakness, one can truly be vulnerable to him who is love. And him who is love, Jesus, will take us and lead us into things we're not, we're not ready for at all with our own power, with our own potencies, our own capacities, but he'll lead us in those because he is with us. 
And this is the mystery of priesthood. In the beginning, many men will say, I'm not ready, I'm not worthy, I'm not able, I can't. No, the vocation is always received in this spirit of love. And we can look to Peter for that education and how that, how that vocation is received. In the booklet, Is Jesus Calling You to Be a Catholic Priest?, Again, it is a beautiful way of helping someone guide through that discernment of seeking out his vocational call. And as you put so beautifully in the beginning, it really is for anyone struggling with whatever it is that God is calling them to be in their life, what he needs them to be. It talks about in the first lesson just what you've said, that you must encounter Christ. Pope Benedict has said that, The seminarian experiences the beauty of God's call in a moment of grace, which could be defined as falling in love. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's my favorite image for describing how I knew that I was called to be a priest. And there was one theologian who, who made the claim in class, you know, one could not really study theology unless they had fallen in love at some point. And I'll never forget the experience in seminary of, you know, as a man goes to seminary, and as I went to seminary, a young man, I was 20, uh, I do remember uh, letting go of past loves, and I remember receiving a letter from a, an old girlfriend, and I remember bringing it to my spiritual director and saying, what? this has really awakened a lot of desires, and I, I do miss her, and I'm troubled, and what do I do with this? And, and he said, uh, he asked a question, which I wasn't ready for at all, and he asked, are you good at falling in love? This was at the very beginning of my seminary experience. Are you good at falling in love? And I had to confess I, I was terrible at it. I usually ended up falling down some stairs, if you will, some proverbial stairs mm-hmm. bruised by all kinds of messy ways of love that the world says this is how you love. Mm-hmm. Love is about conquest. Love is about self-satisfaction. Love is about sentimental feeling. Love is about being happy in such a way that says you can have whatever you want. In that way of love doesn't work. I wasn't good at falling in love. And so by asking that question, he was introducing me as a spiritual director to that way of love that says, oh, the best love is a readiness to give. The best love is a readiness to lay down one's life. It's the greatest sign of love. In those high desires that every young man has, and you see it when you look at the back of Leatherneck Magazine, where you see the Marines there, and they receive their Navy Cross and their Bronze Star, and they also receive the Medal of Honor posthumously because they laid on a grenade or they took out a bunker mm-hmm. and they laid down their lives at 19, 18, 20 years old. This high desire that's built into every young man's heart to lay down his life. When he's introduced through prayer and sacraments in the struggle to live a virtuous life, he's introduced to that high love, that great love that's made, that our hearts are made for, every young man and every young woman. And so, are you good at falling in love? Benedict obviously knows this is the way of every seminarian. It is falling in love. Benedict also said something very interesting when he visited the the bishops here in the United States. He said, at a certain point, when speaking to them about the vocations crisis, 
he mentioned that we can often be, in a sense, troubled by this, but we should also realize that if young people are praying, then we can trust that God will lead them. And so he was urging them to lead young people into prayer, and God will lead them. Trust that God will lead them. This is the task of every priest. This is the task of every parent in their, their home to lead their young people into prayer. God will lead them. So don't be troubled by a crisis, but lead them into prayer. Give them a school of prayer. It's very important. Without it, Christ is abstract. Christ is an idea. Christ is something you look at archaeologically. But when I see the flesh and blood kneeling of my father and grandfather in prayer, they let me know that the Father has sent His Son to be with us, to be with us as they are with me, Father and Son. It goes back to that original part of the discussion that we had about the difference between decision-making and discernment. Because if you do feel the call, if something's that still small voice is, is enticing you, beckoning you, and you use the decision type of model, what you have, as they, as they point out in the booklet, I, is that discovering one's vocation is not a navel-gazing, self-focused, psychological exercise. It's not about a man figuring something out. It's not about solving a confusing puzzle. Mm-hmm. That image, you know, when you're trying to, what, what are you calling me to, this confusing puzzle, it really says you're in a vacuum that lacks peace. Mm-hmm. And the only way you can get peace is through that prayer, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The prayer is about an encounter with a person, as we keep going back to. The prayer must be an encounter with a person. It's not just throwing words into a dark void. It's not just looking into a vacuum. It's about encountering a person. You only receive the vocation in love, and love is personal. Love is personal. And so as we as we think of this discernment, um, What it means to discern is to continually encounter a person in such a way that he speaks to our hearts. In that stillness of prayer, we settle all of these other voices that compete for our attention. There's the voice of the world that says you can have happiness in this selfish way. There's the voice of the devil that says you can have happiness in this prideful way. I will not serve any other but my own desires. And there's our own voice, that egotistical monologue, as Deacon Keating pointed out in his own reflections on prayer, that we're so good at, that egotistical monologue. So settling in prayer, having that quiet of prayer, allows us to zero in and discern, distinguish what is the voice of Christ here. There's the image that one saint used in putting a a bowl of water on a table, and then he would shake the table. He'd ask the disciple of prayer to look into the bowl of water. At first, they could see the reflection quite clearly. And then when shaking the table, the shaking is about that agitation, that noise, that distraction, and you can't see clearly anything. And then stopping, and the image comes back. The stillness of prayer allows for that image to be clear to us. Who we are, who we are in the sight of God, 
and in the sight of God who God is for us. This is what the stillness of prayer allows. My first spiritual director asked me three questions to begin direction and discernment in seminary. Who is God? Who is God for you? And what difference does that make? And in those three questions were contained these elements of who are you listening to? Who are you hearing? And who are you? And who is telling you who you are? All of that was at work in those questions. Discernment allows us to listen clearly to the one who loves us, who tells us who we are in his sight and what he has planned for us. It's a plan built in his love. Each one of us, incredibly unique, but chosen by him. We didn't choose it. He chose us. This is clear in the scriptures. It's not you have chosen me. I've chosen you. Each one of us are uniquely chosen in his love for a personal encounter. So discernment will deepen that encounter to continue to follow him and resist those other voices. And it has to be said that this is not an abstract discussion that we have within ourselves. I mean, when we truly encounter Christ in that personal relationship, he feeds and heals us, and we can actually experience that in the sacraments. That's why taking the next step really is to get to that place where he meets us, Mm -hmm. whether it's in reconciliation, confession, or even more beautifully in the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. In that encounter, his voice is going to bring a certain content and tenor that we pay attention to. I remember going to confession on one occasion, and it was during a a period of desolation, sort of a grind in the priestly life. There was lots going on, lots of busyness, and things were happening, and, and going to confession, and, and at the conclusion of my confession, the director said nothing. He had his head bowed, and he was looked like he was praying, but I couldn't tell. He was saying nothing. Now, if someone says nothing after going to confession, there's that silence, which was so full of other voices, voices which said, is he going to forgive? Is he going to give me absolution? Is, has he heard this before? Is he troubled by what he said? Maybe he's too troubled to say anything. What is he doing? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm not worthy. What? So if thoughts and feelings and desires of unworthiness and worthlessness that, that were not of God came up. This was the content and the tone of it was very accusatory. So the content was worthlessness and accusation. In 30 seconds, which felt like two minutes of silence, 30 seconds, I paid attention to that content and tone and realized none of that is the voice of Christ. So we can discover the voice of Christ by what is not his voice. And then to experience my penance from that confession. He indicated that I should be considering the wonder of God. He gave me David Daniel's canticle, ice and snow, bless the Lord, dew and rain, bless the Lord, all living things, bless the Lord. And so this very uh, wonderful appreciation of creation, the wonder of my being, the wonder of the whole world, 
the content of wonder and peace and the tone is one of enjoyment. I enjoy listening to this. This is good news. And so to pay attention to the content and tone of the, the stirrings of our hearts, what is of God will have enjoyment and will have peace and will have good news. What is not of God will be accusatory. It will have all sorts, sorts of shapes and tones that um, we have in our hearts. We have libraries of things in our hearts. There's a whole tome on shame. And there's a whole tome on uh, worthlessness. And there's a whole other tome on resentments. And you can pull these out any time and start reading them, but they're not of God. Mm-hmm. And so the encounter is not abstract. The encounter is with truth and a truthful person. And Jesus is always in the Gospels revealing himself in this way. And so as one goes through this booklet, we're always being brought back to the Gospels, always being brought back to that Gospel encounter with him. And the priest who wrote this, Father Richter, gives us wonderful Gospel passages to encounter him through those voices. As we come to the close of this particular segment, Father Hazing, the booklet does give some wonderful questions for us to ponder in our hearts, to reflect upon. Would you care to offer those? We can ask ourselves, where have you encountered Christ? Where do you experience his loving presence now for you? Where do you consciously feel blessed and grateful for what God has done for you. We ponder these questions, especially where we have felt blessed and grateful. These are like windmills on the plains, leading us to pools of deep waters, deep wellsprings of holiness and peace. Pay attention to those feelings of being blessed and grateful and those desires to be grateful for all that God has done for you. Go to those places in your heart. Be with Christ there. And you'll encounter him. And for those listening, can we ask you for a blessing as they continue on this journey in reflection? Well, let us pray. Lord God, we ask that you continue to lead us. Be our guide on our journeys. Grant that we may discern what is truly your voice and not the voice of the world, or the voice of the devil, or our own voice, but your voice, granting to us good news, granting to us peace, and granting your blessing. May Almighty God bless you, all the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to Is Jesus Calling You? with Father Paul Hazing. This series is based on Is Jesus Calling You to Be a Catholic Priest? A Helpful Guide, published by the National Conference of Diocesan Vocation Directors. To hear and or download this episode, or to learn more about what you've heard, go to discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of discerninghearts.com in cooperation with the Archdiocese of Omaha. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Join me next time for Is Jesus Calling You? with Father Paul Hazing.